You found Health Dose, a conversational podcast that tackles issues surrounding your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And this week, Health Dose is talking with Megan Dahl, a behavioral health therapist at MidMichigan Medical Center in Midland. We ask Megan, how prevalent is suicide? When they do the statistics right now, we're saying that suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. And so that number varies depending on the age group, but it is has increased over the last 20, 30 years significantly. You said it varies based on age group. How is that? So for children and adolescents, it's the second leading cause of death, the first being accidents. Um, that being said, you know, children don't die as much as adults do. And so for adults, it's more prevalent in white men, ages 45 to 55-ish, and then again after age 85. And so depending on kind of the demographics, those numbers will change. What should I be paying attention to among my loved ones to spot the signs that there may be a problem? Mm -hmm. That's a great question, and I answer it with a grain of salt because whenever we lose someone to suicide, we don't want it to we don't want the survivors to feel like it was their fault that they missed something. And so I list these things knowing that you can do everything that you can and still not spot it. But there are some signs, absolutely. So, Changes in behavior, so someone becoming more withdrawn or mood swings, certainly depression, increase in substance use, alcohol or drugs. There are some verbal things that you want to look out for. So if someone is actually saying to you, I want to die, you would think that that's an obvious sign, but a lot of times we kind of will sweep that under the rug or say, oh, you know, you don't mean that kind of thing. But that is a, a sign. Or people who say, you know, I just want this pain to end. I wish I didn't wake up. I wish I was never born. Those are definitely key things that we look for. And then other kind of feelings of hopelessness and bitterness, bitterness at life that you haven't been kind of dealt the right cards and you're angry about it. Mm-hmm. So there are behavioral cues as well as verbal cues? Sure, yep. So things that you can see in their behavior, different changes, and also things that they would say. And so, you know, we definitely want people to pay attention to major changes in their loved ones. And if you start to notice kind of these signs that you then know what to do, even, you know, sleeping too much, not eating or eating too much, even kind of restlessness. Or some folks will start researching ways, going online. The internet's great, but in some ways it's not. And so looking up different ways to die, especially the folks that I work with have told me that they'll kind of research ways to die without pain. Or people who, you know, are suddenly trying to get a gun, that's a huge sign. Or if they have guns, that they have them out more. I once had a gentleman that I worked with who was suicidal who kept his gun under his pillow. And that was a a big warning sign because he didn't live in a high crime area. And so he always wanted it to kind of be there. It was almost comforting to him that he could at any time choose to use that. 
Guns are certainly a huge warning sign for us. Not that you can't have guns. We live in Michigan. A lot of people do, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that is the the most prevalent method. And so if anyone has any of these symptoms that are red flags for us, guns are certainly something that we would want to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. And I imagine a lot of these behavioral things sound like depression that may or may not be suicidal, but either way, they need attention. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because you don't have to have depression to be suicidal. It's certainly the most common scenario, but there are some people who attempt suicide who don't have depression. So it's not necessarily a one-to-one correlation there. But yes, you know, when you are depressed, a lot of these are the same symptoms where you feel down, you feel hopeless, you don't feel like your life is going to change. You're not able to sleep. Your family's kind of noticing some differences about you. And so when you notice any of those things, it would be a good idea to seek treatment for that. Mm-hmm. Similar to if you sprained your ankle, you'd go see the doctor. Right. If your mood is low, then you go to see a mental health professional. Right. Because it is, a, it is as much as anything a physical problem, too. Absolutely. Are there other risk factors that play a role? Yes. So we would be looking for major life changes for folks. So losses, and that can include, you know, loss of a family member, but also loss of pets. I've had a lot of people who lost a dog or a cat, and that was kind of their main reason for life. And so that was a a major blow. A change in job or life circumstance or your financial situation homelessness, all of these things would be, could really change the picture quite quickly for people. And if I have a loved one who I notice is exhibiting some of these behaviors or I'm concerned, what kind of resources are available to me? What should I do? Absolutely. So lots of resources out there. I would always encourage people to ask. You know, I think there's a myth out there that if you ask about suicide, that you're going to introduce Put it in their head. Exactly. And that's not true. The research does not support that. What happens more often is that we don't ask when we should be. And Mm -hmm. so if you notice any signs, it's an easy question of just, are you having thoughts of killing yourself? You can kind of ease into it. You can say, you know, I'm really concerned. I've noticed some changes. I'm wondering if you're having these thoughts. Or can we go and talk to your doctor about it? Or can we, you know, find a therapist for you? Uh, Midland has a lot of resources for that. Uh, there's a new website for that has a whole list of providers in the area called myhopeportal.com. There's also NAMI, which is National Alliance on Mental Illness. They have support groups for people. So there's a lot of options for people. We we always want to make sure that that is clear. You know, mm-hmm. every time that there's a high profile death by suicide, that's the most important thing, that there are resources. There's 24-hour crisis services. Midland County has its own crisis line. There's also the national crisis number, which is 1-800-273-TALK or 8255. Uh, there's also a text crisis line, which is really great, especially for young people who don't like to talk on the phone. So it's just 741 741 and you just text start and it will be a trained counselor who will just start talking to you about what's going on. So, so many resources out there. We just want to connect these folks to them. But also someone might require that you dial 911. Absolutely. Yes. So we always hope that people seek treatment themselves. 
in a lot of cases, we can't force someone to into care unless they're a danger to hurt themselves or others. And so if it's to that level, absolutely call 911. And there are ways that we can get someone into the hospital, if even if they don't feel like they need to, if they are so sick that it's a life or death situation. What kind of initiatives is MidMichigan Health taking to prevent suicide and to raise awareness? Yeah, we're doing a lot more than we have before. We've had mental health services there for a long time, but we're trying to really expand them to reach out more. So that includes a number of things. We're increasing the number of therapists that we have available putting them in primary care offices because more people are likely to go to their primary care doctor than maybe go to a mental health clinic. And so by locating therapists within those offices, we're going to reach so many more people. So that's one thing. We are hiring more psychiatrists, which is great. So people who prescribe medications for mental health diagnoses. We have started putting mental health social workers In the ED, we have one in Midland, we're going to have one in West Branch, where that person can meet with people who come in for a mental health crisis and help them determine what is the best course of action. That person can also follow up with all the folks who come in to either our emergency department or the mental health unit to call them after they leave to check in, make sure that they know that we're still thinking about them, we want them to kind of follow through treatment. She also sends uh, cards to them, just again, this reaching out to say, you're not alone. We care about you. We want you to be well. And so in addition to that, we've got behavioral health safety committees. We are really trying to integrate mental health in medical care. And so there's a lot of exciting things happening, but always more that we can do. We, we definitely want to reach more, pe- more people. That is Megan Dahl, Behavioral Health Therapist at MidMichigan Medical Center in Midland. Again, if someone you know is threatening suicide, don't leave them alone. Dial 911. And if you or someone you know needs help, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-8255. You can also text START to 741-741 to be put in touch with a trained counselor. For more information about MidMichigan Health's work in the community of mental health, go to midmichigan.org slash mental health. As always, if you have health concerns, you should contact your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, you can go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Check back again soon for another edition of Health Dose.